think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Tuesday, December 19th is the day before Wednesday, December 20th. I'm virtually certain. And that is National Signing Day. So we got plenty to talk about. I have the great William Curlick and Mark Porter waiting for me. But first, you know what time it is. Santa Baby, the season for a fresh cut, is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code BUCKNUTS for 20% free, excuse me, 20% plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you. Anybody in the family have too much scruff? Look no further than Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit and Handyman Electric Face Shaver for all his facial hair needs. Have their nails seen better days? Manscaped has you covered with their new Shears 3.0 Nail Grooming Kit. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUCKNUTS. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. There's going to be a time I'm going to be able to do that by heart, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but I welcome in the guys. This is tax time, Bill. This is tax time, Mark. Bill Curlick, Mark Porter here. National Signing Day is tomorrow. Terrell Pryor is not committing, so the site will not crash. In fact, Terrell, back before we had uh, we had like hamsters on a wheel to run the site in the back, decided he wasn't signing that day, and the site went, and it literally exploded. It's like blood came out of the screen for us. But that turned out okay, and we will see how tomorrow goes. Bill, let's go right to the... Matters of serious importance. Generally, let's frame Ohio State's recruiting class for tomorrow, the number two class. 
but everyone wants to hear about the three remaining names that others are also watching. We could have fans here from Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, as we are wont to do. We've picked up a lot of outside viewers. I wonder how many Michigan fans are still here. Edric Houston flirting with Alabama and maybe Clemson. Jeremiah Smith, Florida State and Miami. Jeremiah McClellan, Nike, I mean, Oregon. Bill, your thoughts on how this is all going to work out. Obviously, people can consult the site for this minute to minute, but uh, about 24 hours from signature time, how does the dean feel? Well, uh, I feel uh, it's go time. As you said, it's... (laughs) I don't know, 18 whatever hours until National Signing Day begins. And in case anybody out there doesn't know, uh, kids can get their signed letters of intent back in and uh, Ohio State can accept ex- start accepting them at 7 a.m. Columbus time tomorrow morning. So that means it is a huge day. Um, you know, with the three guys you mentioned, Dan, <clears throat> we'll start with Jeremiah Smith. You know, we've talked about him ad nauseum that as long as Brian Hartline and Ryan Day are here, I think we've all agreed. He's even agreed. Actually, he said it, that he plans to be at Ohio State, and uh, I'm staying with that. I, I think he signs with Ohio State tomorrow. Florida State, Miami, they're, they've continued to recruit him. Florida State is the biggest threat right now, in my mind, and they're going to continue to recruit him until um, the minute he signs but I still like Ohio State. Um, Edric Houston, he did make visits this past weekend. Clemson first, Alabama second. Um, but I still like Ohio State signing him. I, I definitely don't anticipate Clemson signing him. Alabama is a little more of a threat, but um, I think he signs with Ohio His heart has been with Larry Johnson and Ohio State for a long time. Um Uh, But he also, as we know, has heard all the rumors about Larry Johnson not being at Ohio State. Maybe even next year, the rumors have it, but certainly uh, the rumors of him not being at Ohio State long time. So, uh, yeah, I really think he's been doing his due diligence. Um, You you just never know. And, And of course, in the day of the NIL, you never know. But I as things stand at 9-10 this morning, I still like him signing with Ohio State. I think it's on Alabama to convince him uh, that Larry Johnson is is not going to be there anytime uh, for the duration, so to speak, or close to it. But I like Ohio State there still. Um, and then Jeremiah McClellan, you know, this thing with Oregon has been going on for a long time. Uh, they've been recruiting him all the way through the process and continue to recruit him, but uh, I still like Ohio State with him. In fact, over the weekend, I was asked, um, of the four guys that are potential flips, those three plus Jordan Lyle, how many I think will flip, I was asked, either Saturday or Sunday. And my answer was one. I felt like Jordan Lyle would flip and the others would stay, and I still feel that way. Now, again, we got – 18 hours or whatever to go. You've got the NIL. You've got uh, people working hard to flip these guys. So you never know. But I uh, am going with that answer. 
Mark, you talk to assistant coaches and staffs as much as anybody. Are they getting their dollars out and their uh, phone calls off for the last second? Or do you think guys are kind of set on who's where? I think there's a mixture of freak out and calmness going on between some of these coaches. And uh, remember, the signing day used to be February 4th or in that area, the first Wednesday of February. Now they have the December 20th date. And what was the secret reason behind that that was unspoken? Uh, a lot of big-time guys did not like the feeling they have in their stomach right now that every time they open up their phone, they could be a message that says, so-and-so just visited whatever, and you may have just lost your guy. Because if you're a, a, a position where you only bring in one guy a year, quarterback or tight end, maybe running back, and you're that position coach and you got your guy committed, you kind of stop recruiting other guys in that class because you don't need to. And, uh-oh, five days before signing day, you got to go back to that list that you've ignored for three or four months because your feet have been up on your desk, enjoying having your commitment and all your work and your money in the bank. So no coach wants that feeling of, oh, my gosh, I need a list of running backs because I just lost one. And, oh, boy, they're all committed. And where do I go and how do I pull this off? And I got a head coach breathing down my neck that, you know, wants a running back that's good, doesn't just want me to get the next best guy. So if you're a coach, you're dying to get that fax tomorrow morning where you can officially put your feet up on your desk and relax. And, and there are some guys that have relationships that know that my, my, these guys are safe. But, you know, like Edric Houston, you see those visits pop up and you start worrying, how do I replace them? Should I start making phone calls behind the kid's back to get ready? Um, so it, it's definitely a very sneaky, interesting thing. And, yeah, every time a coach picks up his phone, <laughs> he might have that nervous little flutter in his heart. And we've talked about perspective. Um, I think we lack it at times. Look, my uh, tax returns say publisher for a website called Buck Nuts. So am I the person to go for for the most unbiased opinion on this topic? Unlikely. Yet I will, sh yet I will share my opinion. I just think we've lost perspective a little bit in terms of um, – this is how things are now. There's going to be massive upheaval at the end of every, at the end, throughout every recruitment now, throughout every uh, dalliance you have with talent. When you add in the, uh, the combination of the transfer portal, not, <laughs> that's actually funny. I'll read that to the crowd in a minute. Um, we get to, anyway. It's a combination of, you know, we haven't been through this before. There's going to be massive upheaval with the rosters. There's no way around that. So let's just see how it plays out in the end. Last time I checked, Bill, we still have the number two ranked recruiting class. And the season ended uh, on the field with the ball and a chance to win at the number one team. So, the idea that the sky is actually going to land in your lap at any time soon is just faulty. We have a bunch of donks in here who want to fire Ryan Day or, or, or commenting that I'm an expert on hairless nuts. Ha! That's what, that's what stopped me. I can't – look, if we're, if we're going to – by the way, Dietrich Sanchez has now taken it to another level. Okay, I have to call time out here. 
the great teacher Sanchez. You know, you know Devin. Good morning. Sad thing is schools are getting these kids with promises they can't keep. They end up in the portal after a year. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. If you're a child of the 80s, that means one thing. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe, okay? Eddie Murphy told us this in 1984 in Beverly Hills, right in front of the house where they had the final scene. So you're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? That is some good stuff. Perfectly um, said. It is. It's tremendous. Pete Sanchez. I, I, would love, I would love all the stories of kids that got a rumor from an uncle or somebody that said, hey, you know that X wants you if you get in the portal and they're going to give you this. And they're mm-hmm. like, and their eyes get this big and they get in that portal and it's just crickets. Um, that story is going to repeat. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I'm thrown. Banana the tailpipe is going on the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, Christmas show we do, the greatest hit show that I've never actually put together. That's going in there. Okay. Uh so the process for tomorrow is pretty much what, what we've gone through. We understand that. And Bill will be on the on this. Uh, so is everybody else. And if you're locked to social media, you may be on a, a roller coaster that will cause your stomach to uh, have some digestive issues. But like Bill said, Edric Houston, Jeremiah Smith, Jeremiah McClellan, as of right now, we will go ahead and expect them to be in the class. But Nothing, I mean nothing, would surprise us at this point. All right, Bill, and and Mark, Mark, we have later today coming a uh, transfer portal offer update or offer evaluation on UCLA safety Kamari Ramsey. This is the first transfer we've done that we also had done a recruiting video on several years ago because there was a point in time when. Uh, Many people thought Ramsey was going to commit to Ohio State. I believe he committed to uh, Stanford and then flipped to UCLA. Redshirt freshman who started this year um, visited this past weekend. Mark, that story, uh, that evaluation is going to go up after this show. Uh, You were very high on him coming out of high school, Sierra Canyon, out in um, Cali. Are you still as high on him, and do you think he'd be a good ad for the Buckeyes without giving away your complete evaluation? Well, he, he fits your uh, David Davison Igbignosum prototype. Play. Young, played a lot, you know, decorated, you know, proved it at a big-time college versus big-time yep. competition. Um, you're also right. I did like him coming out of high school. I had a breakdown on him where, you know, he was extremely impressive. I mean, he was – uh, the word is very physical. I, I, I label him as a hitter, and you saw in high school him dropping the boom. Now, when you put on college tape, it's I, I like doing this now. I, I don't get a lot of chance to break down high school kids and then watch college kids because, you know, we're always – but it, it's the same player proving he's that player against better competition, which is exactly what gives you the warm and fuzzies about taking him is he didn't – do things differently than he did on high school tape. Like the hitting is still there. He didn't shy away from it. I mean, obviously for him to have got on the field, all the traits that they recruited him for had to have been there. Has the speed. You see the coverage ability, but I think he's more known for his physical in-the-box type play. Um, you know, we're I think I put we're safety-centric now on defense. We collect safeties, and 
we use their strengths and we put them in different roles back there and we roll them around and mix them up. And guys like this fit well in the scheme we're running where we have hybrid players that, you know, have these skill sets. And, and I really like the way these fast safeties can run around and make plays. And he's going to fit into that uh, little, you know, bucket of players. I actually think if he comes here, he will be used more as in the deep middle. Um, he played both at UCLA and it kind of looked like they were moving him around based on um, down and distance to be in the most important spots, which you'd like. Yeah. I don't, th- but it looked like pref. I mean, we didn't, I don't have the all 22 on UCLA. He's not even on the screen for half the, uh, yeah, and half formationally, the so deep. formationally that kind of messed with him. Trips. Sometimes he'd roll yep. down if it was uh, two by two or if it was double tights, he'd be in a different spot. And that's, but the point is, is Jim Knowles. Both. Yeah, Jim Knowles knows safeties. That's his, yep. you know, little, that's his niche. So, yeah, collect all these guys, and he'll figure out what they can do well. And he is a hitter, but he's certainly not like your old Roy Williams type or Chuck Cecil. He's an athlete out there. He yeah. can really run. When uh, laterally, he's really, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a legitimate NFL caliber athlete. I mean, you got to see him go out and do it. There's a couple plays where he takes on the, like a short yardage. He takes on a block. There's, I mean, the first, the first uh, highlight is like coaching tape. Um, he gets underneath the guy, makes a tackle for loss. Go ahead. If you did, if you notice on that play, that's the best play on the film. But the tight end that's blocking him, I think he surges into him so hard he breaks his wrist or forearm on that play. Because if you watch the tight end's reaction. He immediately grabs his wrist and doubles over where this kid's got some pop to him. And that's a tight end. You know, so how many times does a safety come up and pop a tight end so hard he breaks his arm or elbow or wrist or something? I mean, it's he's, he's impressive. Very decisive player. Okay. Uh, other guys, Bill, that have visited recently, and we'll get back to recruiting here. Kamari Ramsey was here. Caleb Elarms Orr was here. Linebacker from Cal. And then Derek Harmon, defensive tackle. Four from Michigan State. I do find it interesting defensively that um, you know you're going to lose at least one defensive tackle. You know you're losing Josh Proctor, and you know you're losing two linebackers. And those are the three spots they brought in to visit. I don't think they know for a fact right now who's coming back and who's not. And I think they may be having some issues adding transfer because I think a lot of the guys people think might be leaving are coming back. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm not basing that on anything but reading the tea leaves. Bill, your thoughts on the guys who visited and uh, any information on how they're feeling? Well, first of all, um, you know, people are wondering what in the world High State's not getting any commitments in the portal. They're not hitting it hard enough, all that. They're not doing much different than they did a year ago when they got a, a, a pretty good infusion of portal talent. I look back and uh, most of their activity um, and, and their additions and all came after National Signing Day. So it's not really a lot different than last year. Now, the thing that is different is, I will agree, you got 15 days less in the portal this year. They, they shortened the time down from 45 days to 30 days. So that is a factor. But even so, um, you've got Another, I don't know, not not necessarily a period, but another session of the portal when those college football playoff teams are done. Their kids can also get in the portal. 
then. And uh, they have 15 more days. So the portal is still very early. So don't be alarmed that, that things have gone awry. This is the way they did it last year for the most part, too. Uh, and, and they got their additions. I remember I was writing stories uh, the day after National Signing Day about the tight end Dupree, for instance, that uh, ended up signing with Alabama over Ohio State and, and, and a couple other guys right after signing day that were still very much up in the air that had been in the portal for a while. So, you know, th- keep that in mind when you're thinking about the portal. Now, as far as the guys that have visited, um, uh, Caleb Elarms Orr was here on the weekend and got home on Sunday. Um, by all accounts, I've been told that things went well on that visit. Um, he's looked at TCU so far, but so far he's not ready to make a decision. Uh, Ramsey, on the other hand, he hadn't been home long. He had a Sunday, Monday visit with Ohio State. So I don't know exactly what time he got back home last night, but I'm guessing it was pretty late. Um, the thing that concerns me, though, with Ramsey is he you know, he would be a great addition, but he's a California kid. He's a West Coast kid. And the other school he's highly considering at this point is Washington. Washington had a pretty good season this year, I would have to say. And again, he's a West Coast kid. Now, that, that does concern me some. Um with Harmon, it's kind of the opposite. Uh, Derek Harmon made his official visit to Ohio State uh, a week ago. It went well. I talked to him, told me he, it was, as he put it, it was great at Ohio State. Uh, but he did visit Oregon this past weekend. He's also been to Auburn, and we know how that can go. And he is also still considering a return to Michigan State. Uh, so that one's going to be really interesting, but uh, he would be a great addition in my mind to this Ohio State uh, roster. He's a big guy that can play in the middle, and he's got two years of good experience. He's a potential NFL one and or three technique. Yeah, I think all three guys step in and, and are contributors day one um, if they were to come here. Um, like Mark said, um, I actually had lunch with uh, Mr. Bucknuts yesterday, and we were discussing this, that I would call the template for transfer the Igbenosin, but it's just too hard for some most people to pronounce. But that's basically a guy from a Power 5 school, not Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama, which is the top of the food chain. One level or two levels below, UCLA, for example, Ole Miss would fit. A guy who had a nice pedigree coming out, and a guy who got on the field early at these schools, you don't. I don't want anyone coming to Ohio State who got beat out at the school they were at. We don't need that. We need guys who are overachieving at a low, lower levels of stretch, and then come to Ohio State to kind of uh, take it to the next level. We will get back to all that in just a second. But our other sponsor, do you wish you could go to Willy Wonka's Candy Factory, Mark and Bill? Well, since that's not exactly possible. Let me introduce you to the online version of that, nuts.com. In addition to an amazing selection of nuts, they have tons of classic candies like butterscotch, fudge, and licorice. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers, and more. Their wide selection means there's something for everyone. At nuts.com, quality is a top priority. They roast their nuts and pop their corn the same day. It ships that day, so it reaches you deliciously fresh. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers 
a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com backslash bucknuts. Go check out all the delicious delicious options, excuse me, at nuts.com backslash bucknuts. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's nuts.com backslash bucknuts. And one recruitment that kind of drove us nuts in the previous cycle was that of Louisiana linebacker Tackett Curtis. We talked about him a lot on here. Mark did a big-time breakdown on him. He did choose USC, and lo and behold, Bill, he is in the transfer portal. Shocker. Rumors are out there that Ohio State may be interested. Do you expect him to go after Tackett Curtis again? Um, Kind of an interesting development. Well, first of all, I think that sometimes uh, people jump the gun a little bit on how quickly uh, schools, in this case, Ohio State, jump into recruiting a guy in the portal. Uh, I was asked about someone um, yesterday and what's the report, how, you know, what's going on, how's the things going at all with uh, him and Ohio State in the portal. The kid had been in the portal like uh, about six hours at the most. Um, it doesn't usually happen that quick. Um, uh, someone like Ohio State, they're, they're going to, I guess you'd say, do their vetting. They're going to look into uh, players before they dive in, so to speak. Now, in the case of Tackett Curtis, they do have a uh, uh, history with him. So they don't have to do as much uh, diving into, so to speak, whether, you know, th- to know whether or not they're going to pursue uh, a player like that. Now, in the case of Curtis also, uh, he played quite a bit at USC this year. Um, he was not a guy that uh, went to college and sat on the bench for a year. I think he made uh, over 40 tackles, played a lot, uh, certainly, uh, you know, lived up, I think, to the hype. When you get to play that much as a true freshman, uh, and admittedly, USC's defense wasn't very good, but still, when you get to play that much as a true freshman, uh, that's saying something at a, you know, at a school like USC. So I think we got to give it at least a little bit of time. He didn't get into the portal until – uh, officially until pretty late last night. But I do think that he's a guy that, uh, well, the, the highest state is going to look into and we'll see where that goes. I, I would be surprised if they don't. Uh, they are looking for at least one linebacker. We know that because uh, Elarms Orn has already made an official visit to Ohio State. So, yeah, uh, Jim Knowles liked Tack Curtis a lot. He spent a lot of time recruiting him and and actually other coaches, too, on the staff. But, uh, yeah, I would say that he's a guy that we want to keep an eye on very much so. Mark, I was just going to say that that Jim Knowles really wanted Tackett Curtis. Um, He was down in Louisiana several times at key points. Now that you've seen uh, year two under Jim Knowles, do you think Tackett Curtis would be a good fit? Yeah, and he was a highlight film that the, you know, the, the masses were just attracted to like, you know, Moss to a light. I mean, it was like, wow, that he, he was like a fan favorite. I mean, he really had those splash plays where he blew people up and that's everyone just envisioned it in Scarlet and Graham. Like, how oh, that's the type of guy you want. Uh, I, I Bill said it like you want him that bad out of high school and he's available a year later. What changed, you know, put, put your chips in on him and 
see if you can bring him in. I, I certainly think he's an addition. You know, like he's a, he's a he fits that mold too. The young guy that played early. So yeah, I'm I'm behind it. And then you know what? That highlight film was so splashy. I think I was one that was almost worried that it was too good to be true. You know, I didn't want to fall for the banana and the tailpipe. There we go. And it's true. Like uh, that can happen. I mean, um, I always... it was so good. You almost questioned competition. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, also... He had a scheme that he really, you know, got to play a free running type style of defense where it was a seek and destroy highlight film. I mean, it was like when wild and when the cheetah attacks the uh, gazelle is what the, the whole film sort of looked like. I believe the term you used once, which is the greatest one I ever heard about the running back from who went to Michigan State. What was his name? God, he was a stud. He was from um, Powell. Not Powell, but he was from up there. Groveport? Le'Veon no, Bell? You're talking about that? No, no, it's not Le'Veon Bell. He went to Michigan State. He's bigger after Le'Veon Bell. And he said Rear. he looked like a bear got loose at a campsite. So it was oh, great. Oh, yeah. What's his baby name? Baby bear got loose at a Someone in the, uh, in the comments, let's see if you can pull this off. Running back from Ohio went to. Um... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Went to Michigan State. Was it? No, 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 not Kenneth Walker. We'll wait and see if you guys can pull it off here. Yeah. Uh, it may have not been a Michigan State guy. There's a 100% chance it was a Michigan State guy. Okay. He was their main back for a while. He was a bigger kid. Um. Hmm. We'll get that'll come up. That'll come up. All right. Let's we're going to go rapid fire here, guys. So definitely we got tons of questions. So I'm going to go as fast as we can. I know you guys are linguists and uh, we love to digress, but let's just kind of go rapid fire here. Ready? Here we go. Bill. Mika Hanna. Do we offer Deshante Jones? Uh, My inclination right now is they don't offer him. Uh, He had a great, great season. Extremely productive. And I know Mark and I have talked about him before. Mark has some thoughts on him as well. Uh, but I would go with no at this point. But, again, he, he really had a great senior season, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, Mika may be on to something here. Losing a running back at the last second, okay, and not having a big list to go to, where, where's a friendly place to shop where you have a kid that was related, you know, his uncle was on the team, and, you know, so – that math is there, and I would say maybe. I would put it there because Bill's right. He tore it up down the stretch. He's almost been holding out for an Ohio State-type offer. I mean, uh, I know they'll sell him at Glenville as give him a shot, so maybe, maybe. 
Story up here recently. I heard Marquise Davis, class of 2025, running back from Cleveland Heights, if I'm not mistaken, is leaning towards the Buckeyes. Thoughts, William? Well, um, I did a story on him actually yesterday. It's on our site right now. Uh, he is going to get back to Ohio State most likely sometime for a bowl practice. Uh, that's his, uh, according to his coach. He has been to Ohio State uh, uh, almost enough to have a locker room in the uh, uh, Ohio State Stadium. I mean, he, I think, I think one, he, he may have been to four or five games, uh, it, maybe not this year, but the year before and, and, and a few this year as well. Um, he has told me on more than one occasion he likes Ohio State a lot. But I do know that he is going to do his evaluation and has continued to do his evaluations and look at schools. So, uh, yeah, I think um, there would be a great match there. Uh, Tony Alford was recently up at Cleveland Heights. And, um, you know, Buckeyes like him. He likes Ohio State a lot. Uh, he is going to, though, have to, as his coach put it, uh, start narrowing things down pretty soon. And when he does narrow things down, Ohio State is going to be on that list. We're kind of all over the map here, Bill. Um, and a little note on Marquise yeah. Davis. If, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, I think he posted the other day that he was 1,000% committed to Cleveland Heights. And that may have come out of the blue for some people. Like, why would you not be 1,000% committed to Cleveland Heights? Like, why would you have to? So I, I – I think the Euclid job's available. I think there are members of the Cleveland Heights staff that may be up for that job, or there, you know, so there might have been rumors of, oh, if he goes, is he close enough with staff members? I remember he came from Glenville, um, and you know, it's funny that you know if, if the right coaches weren't left behind at Cleveland Heights, would he make decisions to do something? So I think that maybe, I, and I think he's trying to squash all rumors from people like us. But if you want to know this, what was going on there, he's a thousand percent committed, and there's the story behind the story. Yeah, I don't if you know want a story. speed running back, Marquise Davis is your guy. Uh, he is fast, and I was in the house the night he ran for three hundred and twenty-five yards or whatever it was against uh, um, Brunswick, I believe it was. Uh, Mark Porter's wife happened to be there Hudson. in the house that night as well, taking pictures. But Hudson, uh, he was spectacular. Mike Schaefer, did everybody see Jackson Smith and Jigwood do his Rose Bowl catch on Monday Night Football last night? Hope Jeremiah Smith was watching. Jeremiah McClellan was watching. I'm glad the Eagles were watching. That's what you call a Buffalo Mulligan right there. Love You're right, that. Mark. That was Hudson that I saw him run for those yards against. And if if you have never been to Hudson High School, people, <laughs> that is one of the nicest high schools you will ever see. It is just Fabulous. My son is taking an extra year at Denison, and his roommate will be Hudson graduate Tyler Miller. Fantastic Hooper on the Denison team. Just a little color for you there, people. All right. Mika on fire. Do we offer Quentin Simmons? Bill, you're gonna have to introduce him to the crowd. And do you think do you think we flip Coy Perich, the defensive back safety from Minnesota, who I was optimistic on, Bill, until I read your story? Well, uh, Quentin Simmons, as Mark will tell you, he is a 2025 wide receiver, uh, Cincinnati Withrow, and he's a good one. But Ohio State has not offered him to this point, and uh, that has been pretty consistent. They don't seem like they have gotten close to offering him at this point. 
not because he's not a really good player. He's a really good player, but uh, Ohio State has not offered him. So I would go with, I, you know, there's been no indication that that is going to happen. As far as Parrish, um, yeah, I think it comes down to really, uh, he is a Minnesota kid committed to Minnesota early. Uh, even when the, there has been some changes on the Michigan State, or I'm sorry, the Minnesota staff, he has not budged. He did not decommit. Um, he is going to announce uh, tomorrow whether he's staying with Minnesota or Ohio State. And my feeling is, is that uh, he will likely stay with Minnesota because he really, uh, you know, he likes the staff. He's got a great relationship with the staff. It's a place he could probably go into and play very quickly. And they've been on him from the get-go. Um, I think that's probably going to override the chance to win a national championship at Ohio State for him um, and the development aspect because he likes those things a lot about Ohio State. I think it is going to be a really, really tough final decision for Coy. Uh, I also I also know that uh, uh, from the Minnesota end of things, the people there think that uh, he just fits their culture that they have there perfectly, and that's a factor too. Uh, again, I think it's going to be a hard, hard decision for him. Could, uh, but I think I would, as things stand right now, I think he stays with Minnesota. He's a very, I did some research on him just reading. He's a very popular player in Minnesota. I mean, very popular. I could see them. I imagine they're going to break out all the uh, goal for stops to pull that off, regardless of what their resources are. Keith Oliver, I'm going to read your comment and you're going to get your, you, you're in danger of getting your Bucknuts card yanked here for being so rational, but <laughs> Keith Oliver, can't help but laugh at all these people so worried about Ohio State losing players to the portal. These guys who won't make the field for Ohio State, we will have great players' depth of guys who will be starters at most schools. Don't you dare come on here with that kind of logic for a show that emphasis on buck nuts. Okay, a little bud? more uh, color for Quentin Simmons out of Withrow. Do it. Uh, saw him, you know, Chris Henry play. Of course, Chris Henry overshadows him. Uh, Simmons was at the Ohio State camp this summer. And I can tell you that Brian Hartline spent extra time with him. They really took a deep look at him. And he was a raw receiver prospect that day with the raw skills, the 40 time that like, whoa, let's, let's look at this. But he had him played a lot of receiver. Um, he put together a pretty nice resume this year. But I think he's a camp kid this summer that if he does the improvement that I think they wanted him to, he's in that bucket of guys we're going to be talking about. So I, I understand the question and he's, he almost looks like a linebacker. Like he's one of those athletes that when I was looking at him, like, man, I, he might be a receiver. He might be this, he might be that. And that's where he was at in his evaluation this past summer. And Dan, I just saw somebody comment about taking care of your own first. And, and you mentioned Dan earlier in this podcast that, you didn't think uh, high state knows for sure exactly who is coming back. And Scott. yeah, they, they don't, I mean, kids have not gotten their paperwork back yet uh, from schools uh, as far as the, uh, not from schools from the NFL. Uh, they they're waiting on paperwork to find out where they're going. We don't know right now is JT coming back. We don't know for sure. Is Jack Sawyer coming back? Is Tyreek Williams coming back <laughs> and, and other guys too. Uh, we don't know right now for sure if those guys are coming back or not. And um, Ohio State is going to use uh, their money, and it's not a bottomless pit. I've said this before. 
to try and help guys stay at Ohio State? Would you rather have Jack Sawyer or Tyleek Williams at Ohio State next year or someone else? Well, I don't know that there's much of anybody out there that I'd rather have than those guys. Terry's cranky this morning. Got some, we've got some users here who are just not sold on the what the Buckeyes are getting done. John Gorby, good point. I really hope we get to see Jelani Thurman in the Cotton Bowl. I think you're going to get to see Jelani Thurman in the Cotton Bowl. I'll tell you what, though. One sleeper spot I would look for in the portal possibly, like Bill said, down the stretch, would be another veteran tight end. To me, someone who is almost like a glorified inline blocker because Thurman looks to me, he's just a younger dude and uh, doesn't probably have the, the bulk yet to, you know, consistently handle that edge. So we'd like maybe a guy in there on obvious passing down. That's just my vibe on it. Um, know, from a, and there's from a, a ton end. of those in the portal. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, from a tight end guy, um, I'm with your concern. Like, okay, he might be a little lighter in the seat. If I, I remember use his that film, actually. Yeah, like if I if I remember his film, you know, we have that big guy you're talking referring to the Jake Ballard, you know, right. type where you just cave in the end of the line with a tackle who can run some routes if we need him to. Um, these other guys that are light, you know, this new age tight end that runs routes first, and you would mistake them as receivers only. They can block. It just looks different. They do it with. Uh, an explosive pop and a stickiness where they almost like stick to you and cling to you. They maybe don't, don't pound you into the ground or move you back. But as I watch more of them, their effort and their, their quickness and explosion gets on guys a little quicker than the big guy. And they, they, if they're good, they use that to their advantage. Cause I've watched some guys and said, come on, this guy's got no ass to him. He can't do this. Or how is he getting away in the NFL? And, they're stalemating, they're shadow blocking, uh, they're position blocking. They're almost boxing people out, so to speak. Um, so if Thurman is going to be in there a lot, I'll be interested to see what type of blocking he does. And is it uh, like if the assignment is to block this guy? Does he understand the assignment and get the job done, even though it may not look like the traditional offensive tackle at tight end? Yeah, Thurman has like that, and I'm, I'm no way – saying he's going to turn out like this, but he's more the Kyle Pitts mold than the Jake Ballard mold, which I'm all for, by the way. I'm not in any way. um, I think he's, you know what? If you look at him too, he's also got a little bit of a nasty streak to him, which I like. He's got a real attitude. I don't, guys with the real attitude tend to block. You know what I'm saying? They're not guys who just pass on the physical side of it. I don't think he's going to want to be, a guy known for not being – I just that's the impression I get. He yeah, also, his he, dad, as Odell Thurman, I imagine his dad was like, if you block, if you're, Odell Thurman tells you to block, you know what you're going to do? Block. Okay, buddy? I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kyle Pitts, and you you not, you said it all perfectly. I, Of course, I'm a tight end guy. I take him in fantasy football. I'm excited about him that first year, and I watched him closely. He doesn't have the will to block. He doesn't have the fight. He doesn't have the meanness, the nastiness, any of it. He's an absolute liability in the NFL blocking. When they put him in line, he got blown up so bad that he became useless, that it became so predictable that wherever Kyle Pitts was or when he was in the game, you knew it was a pass or a play action pass or 
he was lined up at a spot where it didn't bother you because treat him as a receiver, treat him as a receiver, and hence the bust, you know, at least receiving-wise in the NFL of Kyle Pitts because what we're saying, Johnny Thurman has that nastiness, and like you're saying, so to be decided on him. I, I would yeah. like to see him use that somehow. William? Somebody, I just saw a comment somebody made about uh, like the uh, Cleveland tight end, and that's a good story there. Uh, David Njoku, when he came out of college, he was a receiving tight end. He got to the Browns, and they were more focused on running the ball. They had Chubb and the offensive line, all that. They didn't have a, a, a elite quarterback. Uh, so what did David Njoku learn, Njoku learn to do? He learned to block. He's become a pretty darn good blocker. Now they've kind of gone to throwing the ball, especially with Flacco, but throwing the ball – now they've got both. They've got Njoku, who is a good blocker now because he learned to do it because that's what they needed, and he's a great receiver because that's what he's always done. They got the entire tight end now. They do. Bill, that whoever made that comment nailed the poster boy for what I'm talking about. Right. Njoku does not look like a left tackle, but he's so explosive and pops those feet and has so much will that, yeah, he, he is a pretty good blocker. So yeah. poster and he boy, learned to do that out of necessity. That's what he was needed to do. So he learned to do it and became no, good he, at he it was out of necessity. A, a, not a, he was a Kyle Pitts-like blocker initially. That was the That's what kept him off the field. I, mean, I remember when they re-signed him, I was like, man, you got to get that guy to block. And yeah. nailed it. He has, he is, and I would say that's the poster boy, right? And there. everybody thought, what are they doing spending all that money on Njoka? Well, now that money looks really, really good spent. Really well spent. good, yeah. The only thing about Njoku is the guy that makes him look the best so far has been Joe Flacco, and I guarantee you they did not re-sign him thinking, you know who's going to unlock this yeah. guy? You know who's really going to make Njoku look like Kellen Winslow reincarnated? Which, what, by the way, like I said, I, I'm on a text chain with all my Cleveland and uh, Chicago buddies during that game. Njoku was arguably the best player on the field. He was Excellent. I mean, now it would be probably smart for the Bears to cover him, <laughs> given the fact that he's one of their main options. But you're right. Guys improve in the NFL. I'm not Njoku is one of the guys who from the day he got there to today, because I thought he was kind of counterfeit. If you remember, his hands weren't all he was a receiving guy whose hands were suspect early on. Bill, you remember Very that he dropped a lot of passes. It's almost like the blocking has made him a better receiver, if that makes any sense. Like he's more comfortable with his whole game or possibly because, just matured as a human being. I don't know. And no, his after-catch yardage is out stuff. of sight. It's no, That was always the truth. I mean, he was a stud. It, the, what makes the difference is you can't key on that, yeah, you can't key on that, hey, when he's in the game, they're throwing like Kyle Pitts and throw a safety on him. When he's in there, you're like – he may be blocking. It's a 50-50. We may he may get caught in linebacker coverage half the time. And he he can run run, you know, as yeah, they yeah. say. That, that's what the talent was. And they no, stuck he's with a combine him. freak. You know combine what I mean? Yep. You wait on them. You wait an extra year or two on a combine freak. Yeah. That that, that was well played by them. Yep. Very good. Um, all right, let's see if we have any more. Yeah, Carl, I put this up there already. The the player I was referring to was L.J. Scott from Hubbard. Yeah. I'm not sure L.J. Scott, he might be my favorite running back in Ohio that I've seen in the last decade. Now, he did not materialize the way he should have at Michigan State, but 
You want to talk Boy, about a dominant high school football player? I, I have some off. I have some off-field stories for him that were just tragic. Basically, how he, you know, let his career slip away. You know, he he went into that NFL, and I think he wanted a little more too much and didn't have the work ethic to go behind it and got a little caught up in uh, people like you telling him that yeah, you're the best we've ever seen, and yeah, I think that was the. The demise of him in a, a Docker, Mark blames short. me for uh Mark blames me for uh Michigan State running back's career going down the drain. That's that's <laughs> shocking. Uh any Ohio State offers for Robertson Robinson, the defensive end. Who am I who am I missing here, Bill? Not uh the kid that's going to the Westerville North kid, I think they're asking about. Yeah, not okay. Brian Robinson, no. No, Ooh, heck no. I think that's who they're asking you about, but the answer is no, as Mark said. Yeah. We we went through that. Um, that was for shows from 2022. You got to get to your archive. Um, <laughs> there's okay, yeah. I can't. These, these questions are coming in so fast. I can't even get hit them correctly. Okay, um, one of the last questions because um, I got to pay these guys overtime. <laughs> Update on Ernest Willor and Chase Basantis. Ernest Willor, Bill. Defensive end from the Maryland area. I believe he spent some time at IMG. I could be wrong. Chase Basantis. Okay. (laughs) Chase Basantis, New Jersey native, uh, offensive lineman, interior guy that we recruited, went to Texas AM, started at right tackle as a true freshman, is in the portal. Yeah, I think uh, Willard is – I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to Wisconsin. He had an official visit to Ohio State scheduled uh, earlier this month. That got canceled. I look for him to end up at Wisconsin unless something changes. DeSantis, he, he definitely is a guy Ohio State likes. Um, but a whole lot of other people like him too. I think he's got oh, – oh, gosh, it was over 30 schools reached out to him as soon as he got in the portal. Competition – Penn State, I know, is is on his list. Competition, it's it's going to be – there's plenty of it for Chase Pisanis. I think Dave Biddle said it right when he said, get yourself someone who loves you like people love an offensive lineman of quality in the portal. They just don't exist. People talk about, oh, we have all these skilled players. There are a lot more quality skilled players walking planet Earth than there are guys over 300 pounds that can move. That's just a fact. It's math. Um, I don't have to tell you, Richard Real. If we lose Jordan Jordan Lyle, is there an Ohio running back we might get? Funny you should mention that we lost Jordan Lyle. Bill, uh, Mark, do you think there's an Ohio running back in 2024 that will fill in? Um, I think the logic that we go to Glenville and look at that running back, like we answer a little bit right now, but I'm looking at my running back list. And the top guys on it are Jordan Marshall, Samuel Williams Dixon, uh, Jacorian Caffey from Avon, pretty solid running back. Um, Deshante Jones is right there on that list. Dior Hubbard from uh, Gahana Lincoln. Um, yeah, it's it's not a great running back class in Ohio. Th- those names would be guys that, hey, if in a pinch, like I said, that the last thing you want is a decommitment two days before signing day because it forces you down the list a little bit. Uh, but that would be the guys in Ohio you do looking at. Deshante Jones, like I said earlier, maybe. That would be someone that, it, it, you know, I'm not saying that Ohio State burns scholarships, but they've always given scholarships. That When the Trestle era was there, the rumor was that 
Ted Ginn would say, here are the guys from Glenville you're going to take every year. Um, yeah, and he does remind you a little bit of our Carlos Hyde. That's accurate. You know, Bill and I are both in agreement, if that's a word, that Deshante Jones made a case for himself coming down the stretch. I mean, if Iowa State looks at his final run, they're going to see the case being made for, hey, this kid's effort. On effort alone, he would be a scholarship. It's just the talent may not be a Jordan Lyle type replacement. You might even not be getting replacement value one for one on one. You know. Also, keep in mind that we don't know what Travion Henderson is doing right now. Yeah, Travion Henderson comes back. That means they've got Travion Henderson, Dallin Hayden, uh, two pretty good players coming back. Yeah, they got two coming, coming in and all. Well. So you know, let's uh, let's see what Travion Henderson is going to do. I think yeah. There's also questions on here about, do you think it's Ryan Snyder? Do you think it's strange that OSU has not signed any transfer portal guys yet? I I don't. Alabama hasn't. Georgia hasn't um, that I know of at this point. Let's just wait till everything comes out in the wash. If at the end of this, Ohio State, we've said this on the show consistently. If at the end of this unchartered sale, Ohio State is talent deficient, we'll say it. But I just don't see that happening. It didn't happen last year. Um, they went into the portal and did a, quite a nice job. Whatever you think of Josh Simmons at left tackle, he did a he did a he was the best left tackle on the roster this year, and he actually turned out to have a very nice year. We talked about Davis and Igbenosen, and let's see who is actually leaving early. You need to keep that in mind. Yes, everybody transfers during the NIL for cash, for money. But the number one thing they're transferring for most likely is playing time. And if you're coming to Ohio State, for example, and you're, let's say, a defensive end, and you find out Jack Sawyer's coming back, and you're behind Jack Sawyer, Caden Curry, and Kenyatta Jackson, how much money do you think Ohio State's going to offer you? Because you're not going to get on the field. These guys are transferring for playing time and money. So, Let's let it all play out, and we will be all on top of it. Of course, National Signing Day technically begins in 15 hours or so. Um, We will be all over it, but I think we should just give a little bit of positivity here considering right now they have the number two recruiting class. It looks like they will get that, and we will be all over. Edric Houston, Jeremiah Smith, and Jeremiah McClellan, stick with it here. We will be all over it. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a good one. Bye. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.